0: about promoting cultural change through developing stronger personal and organizational awareness. Mark Lewis, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hey, Jonathan, thanks again for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you again. You're joining us from the Baton Rouge area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. We're going to be continuing the conversation that we had maybe six months ago or so. Uh, And today we're going to be focusing on promoting cultural change through developing stronger personal and organizational awareness. Now, there's all these different factors and components to culture change and a sustainable culture change. And we may talk about some of those other pieces, but really we're going to focus in on the foundation. And it all starts with self, personal and organizational awareness. And if we can't do that, then we're likely not going to be able to critically examine the policies, practices, procedures, all the structural and institutional components to culture, and all you know, all the other drivers to culture. So that's going to be our focus today. As we get started, I wanted to share Mark's bio with everybody. Mark Lewis is CEO at Evolve Media AI and has run CEO roundtables for the past eight plus years to help CEOs with their accelerated growth. He has a proven track record in building, leading, and guiding successful entities and executives for growth. Acquisition and turnaround strategies. All of that is fantastic, super fascinating. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we dive on in?
1: No, you know, I don't like talking about myself. So let's just get into the subject. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm blessed that I've had a lot of experiences. And uh, leadership, and uh, working with other CEOs, and you know, every time I have these experiences, I even learn more from the CEOs in terms of what makes their culture better. So it's an evolving, continual development uh, to make everything better.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. It, it's an ongoing process for sure, and we never arrive at our full development, reaching our full potential, and we never arrive at having that healthy dynamic culture that we want within our organizations, because it's a constant fluid thing. Uh, It's always changing as we have people, you know, join the company, exit the company, take on different roles within the company. Um, We always have different kind of friction points and different ways people are interacting with each other. All of that leads to the need for continual self-renewal of the organization and its culture. And so we just have to pay continual attention to it. I know that's frustrating for people because they want to be able to like set goals and targets and they want to, you know, if they're going to invest in this, they want to be able to show outcomes and they want to be able to say, look what we did, we accomplished this. Now we're ready to focus on the next thing. And while you can do that, I suppose to a certain extent, if you're not making a sustained continuous effort towards having the type of culture that you want within your organization, inevitably a culture will emerge or adapt or shift. And it usually is not going to emerge, adapt or shift in a healthy way. It's usually going to take the path of least resistance and it's going to follow unhealthy kinds of attitudes, mindsets, behaviors, etc. cetera. Uh, and so if we want to maintain and sustain a really healthy dynamic culture, it just has to be something we're continually focusing on weekly, monthly, yearly, that we make it a part of the, the institution, the organization through various mechanisms. And, and like I said in the intro, all of that starts with understanding ourselves, understanding our team, understanding the organization, and it, it all comes down to awareness.
1: You know, you make really good points here. Um, most people, especially in leadership roles, the critical point on all this is that everybody has value and everybody wants to consider, to be considered of value to the corporation. So what can a CEO or leadership leader do to enhance that value and make them feel like they're part of a culture, part of a team that all works together? And because everybody has different personalities, then you have to adapt your personality to fit what that person is. So it's really critical to continue to engage with the team on an ongoing basis and each one individually to enhance that value and let them know that they're a critical part of the company. And that's kind of a tricky part. Sometimes a tricky play to be able to understand that and go forward. But once you accomplish that and everybody gets and and feels like they're part of a culture as a team, then uh, the value of the corporation and the growth of the corporation exceeds what you you typically, what your expectations would be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, if we're talking about value, um, I think of it in terms of, of belonging. So uh, we don't need to get into the DEI and, you know, belonging kind of conversation for today, but regardless of what our focus is of the organization, we want engaged, satisfied, uh, productive, effective, innovative people, right? Within our teams. That's what every organization wants that. Uh, How do you get that? Well, you get it through an inclusive and a belonging culture. If people don't feel like they belong, meaning that they have, that they, they really are needed, wanted, valued, that they have opportunities to contribute regularly and that their contributions are valued, that they're actually seen, heard, considered, and that they have a chance to contribute in meaningful ways, if they don't feel that way, people will not be engaged they will, they will rapidly disengage. They will go through withdrawal cognitions. They will start to look for jobs at other places. And you're going to be victim of the great resignation. People are going to go somewhere else if they don't feel valued, if they don't feel like they belong. Uh, right. And so even if we're not getting into the diversity, equity, inclusion side of the equation, even if we're just talking about innovation and engagement, uh, belonging is so important. It's all built upon this sense of value. Do I feel like I'm valued? Uh, within the organization, and that perhaps is one of the most important cultural components that we can really try to infuse uh, within our teams.
1: You know, Jonathan, everybody wants to be loved, and they want to love, and when you think about it, what can a leader do to enhance the fact that they're inclusive, you know, and one of the best things that I think are typically is neglected is the, what I call the attitude of gratitude. Many times we, we don't show appreciation uh, towards what an employee does. If they go uh, outside their normal realm of work responsibilities, how do we appreciate that? How do we show that gratitude? When when people feel like they're being appreciated, they're going to perform more. They're going to be motivated more. And it's simple little things like getting a, a $50 gift card. Say, so, hey, you did you went beyond the call. Uh, of expectations, this is what I we really appreciate. That customers very satisfied. Simply sending an email or a thank you, or or shaking their hand, or recognizing them in a team meeting on a quarterly basis. Here are the people that went up up beyond the call of duty. All those sense of appreciation, attitude of gratitude is really a key component in showing how a culture can develop.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and so. Again, there's so many different ways to go about reinforcing this, to promote it, to to sustain it. Um, We're gonna focus the rest of the time today on really exploring what we can do in terms of fostering personal and organizational awareness uh, so we can start that process. Uh, Because if if I'm not self-aware, it's gonna be really hard for me to be in tune with myself enough to be authentic and genuine with my team, it's going to be really hard for me to develop meaningful relationships of mutual accountability and trust with my team. If I don't even know myself, if I'm not self-aware, I'm not really going to be able to understand them and where they're coming from if I can't even start with self-awareness. And then as a team, as an organization, we have to learn how to be organizationally aware. We have to learn how um, we can pay attention to what's what's working, what's not working, what is healthy, what's unhealthy, all of those sorts of things. So let's start with the personal individual component uh, first. What are some of the things you've seen either through your CEO roundtables, your coaching and your consulting work, uh, or just your experience in organizations? What have you seen um, in terms of what works well, what doesn't work well, and what you would suggest to executives, in terms of how to foster this personal awareness?
1: You know, um, I'll I'll give a a good example. I was recently brought brought into a corporation where they were having um, some cultural issues and they were having some developmental issues. And I went back and looked to see what kind of structure or rhythm they had in place. What were they doing for their employees? One of the first things that we did is we created a, a team meeting Where we wanted to develop what what are the company's core values and everyone participated in that we wanted to get their feedback because if they all participate, and they all agree on what the core values of the company are, then they can all see these core values and so they came up with trust respect accountability, passion, teamwork, and there were a bunch of other ones. But that's a core foundation because everybody knows what those core values and they can adhere to those core values and they participate in in developing those core values. That was a key component to get started. After that, when we had our core values, we got them printed, we put them up on the walls and everybody could see them. Next meeting we had was, okay, We want people to uh, identify the people within the organization who demonstrated these core values. So there was a a sheet of paper that we put up and say, this employee went beyond the call of duty. This employee uh, exemplified this core value and they write it down on a piece of paper. They put it in a box. And then at the end of the month, we're gonna draw uh, a winner and whoever actually identified the person who did the core value along with that person they're going to get a a prize and the prize could be a hundred dollar cash bonus or or a certificate of amazon gift card but it engages these people to recognize what's important for the organization and we're going to reward them for them and then so that was the um the basis for getting started with this company and then we also did what we call a start stop keep routine that start stop keep routine is what do we need to start doing that we're not doing what do we need to keep on doing that we're doing because we're doing well. What do we need to stop doing that's not productive? And we had a meeting just yesterday on that, Jonathan, and all these employees came up with unbelievable suggestions that the leader wasn't even aware of. And now we're gonna send that out and get feedback uh, and, and tell the people, this is what we're gonna do based on your suggestions. Bringing all, those, that, all that together with the team was just an incredible uh, exercise to get them engaged. It was really a lot of fun too.
0: We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, it does drive engagement. And if people participate in those types of exercises and then they actually see the leaders do something with it, uh, it, it, it reinforces the values. It reinforces the culture that you're trying to create. And you're going to get even more out of them the next time. On the flip side, if you go through the exercise and it really just turns out to just be an exercise, and everyone gets cynical about it because they're like, "Ah, no one's going to actually care what we said," you know, they don't actually act on anything we suggest. Um, and I've seen that happen a lot of times, where where organizations will kind of go through the the. The steps, you know, they'll they'll kind of it'll be a faux um, kind of engagement with their people, and and they're really just given lip service to it. They don't actually really want to to work on any of the things that people bring up. That actually erodes the trust, and then the next time people don't want to participate. Um, And so that's a great way, like you said, super simple, super simple activity that you can do that can generate a lot of interest, a lot of engagement, a lot of buy-in. Uh, and a lot of energy in the room because now all of a sudden people feel seen they feel heard Uh, and people like to feel seen and feel heard and people people usually have good ideas Uh, people who are doing the work leaders don't always know what's going on right but the people who are doing the work each and every day they see the pain points they see the bottlenecks they see the policies that don't make sense, the bureaucratic structures that don't make sense—they see what's hurting the customers. They're the ones that have input, and a lot of times there's no really good mechanism to feedback that information to, you know, up the hierarchy to their leadership and above uh, in a way that will actually be seen and heard. So you create a, an environment where people can actually do that, and then they have evidence that you're actually doing something with it. That is powerful. Uh, and I think that's really at a core piece of that organizational awareness uh, that I was mentioning earlier. Um, something that I note though is that a lot of a lot of leaders simply aren't there. how should I say you know they're not secure enough uh, to ask for that kind of feedback <laughs> they they uh, they'd be worried about asking people for that kind of input because then they, you know in the mind of an insecure person, they would see it as a threat they would see it as the potential of, Making them look bad to their boss, and so they don't want to seek that kind of feedback and then pass it along. Uh, and so, again, I think it starts with kind of personal understanding and personal awareness and where I sit. And if I if I have those insecurities, and and let's be honest, we're, we're all human. We all have insecurities. We all have baggage. We all have you know things that um, that we struggle with. And so we it's it's not like me pointing fingers saying you're this horrible, arrogant, insecure person. I'm just saying, like, be aware, be aware of your tendencies, be aware of your biases, be aware of, um, you know, those things that might be shaping the way you're interacting with your team. And if you can recognize some of your insecurities, then that that's the first step. That's half the battle. Then you can actually be proactive right. about taking steps to counteract. Some perhaps some of the potentially negative things you might end up doing, sometimes inadvertently, right, uh, unintentionally, um, and once you do that, you you become more comfortable with yourself. You you lean into and grow into the the idea that you're constantly growing and developing. You don't need to have it all figured out right now. You're not perfect. Nobody expects you to be perfect. And and once you can accept that, then. You're in a place where you can, you, you're going to actively want to seek out the feedback from your team and you're going to want to actively pass that along to your boss and you, because that's going to help everyone be better.
1: You know, accountability um, in terms of follow through is really, really important because what it does, it builds trust and respect for the leader. And when you have that trust and respect, they're going to want to do more things for you. And, you know, you make a really good point because one of the things that I think is real important uh, as a leader and shows really true leadership skills is you always want to hire people that are smarter than you, smarter than you, and put them in a position where they're really an expert at it. So you might have a, an expert welder, let him do his thing, or you might have an expert CFO, give them the empower him. And having that empowerment is another cre- critical aspect of letting people make decisions that are empowered to make decisions, have the trust to make those decisions. And it's difficult uh, for leaders because a lot of times they want to be able to make all the decisions. But if you can give somebody the ability to make a decision and maybe sometimes it's wrong, it's okay because they're gonna learn from from that. So you know I'm, I'm always uh, about and we teach us in our CEO roundtables, give people and empower them to do what you know they're capable of doing and trust that they're going to make the right decisions even though sometimes they may not. even if they do make a bad decision, you move on from it. but that is how you develop your people and those people are going to want to follow you and when they follow you, and engage in what you're doing because of that trust and respect, man, the company just flourishes.
0: Yeah. Leadership today is as much about promoting followership as anything in, in, in previous generations, in different kinds of styles of work and organizations, we had more authoritative um, you know, top down control types and, and modes of leadership and, and ultimately that may have served its purpose for a time, but in the knowledge economy, in the, the world of work that we're in today, we need leaders who can recognize the genius of their people, who can help yep. their people develop, lean into their potential and, 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 and actually develop towards it uh, and, and create an environment where people see them, trust them and want to follow them right? People don't want to follow. I mean, in, in certain circumstances they do, but most of the time people don't want to follow an authoritative, you know, carrot and stick kind of fear-based leader. Um, they do, they do follow them out of fear and, and fear, um, can only drive performance so far. But if you want commitment, ongoing commitment and engagement, then that can only happen as I choose to, to sacrifice that, right. As I choose as, as an individual, to give that up of myself because I believe in the organization, I believe in the mission, the vision, the values. I believe in my team. I believe in my leader, and I want to to uh, collectively. I want to be part of, you know, helping everyone be successful. That is commitment. That is engagement. That is the type of environment where people will lean into innovation, um, and that's what organizations need in the modern world, world of work, and particularly as we move into the future of work. And if we can't get there, if we, if we get stuck in the old kind of mentalities and approaches towards leadership uh, and people management, we're, we're going to lose. We're going to lose out in the marketplace because we're not going to attract and retain the greatest people because they're going to want to go work for these other dynamic organizations with dynamic cultures. Now, don't get me wrong. You know the grass isn't always greener, and every organization needs to work on their culture. I don't know of any organization that has it all figured out. Even the ones we cite as like being really great examples, they're still working on it. You know, one of the reasons why they're great is because they understand they have to continue working on it. Um, and the reality is, you're going to be frustrated in your current job for a variety of reasons, and if you go somewhere else, you're probably going to be frustrated there for a variety of reasons. That's just part of the game, right? But but uh, if we're not making a good faith effort, our people can see um, and they, they understand and recognize what the organization is trying to do, what their leaders are trying to do by way of healthy, dynamic culture. And if they don't see positive movement and they don't see effort, yeah. you're, you're going to have people leave and then you're going to lose all your best people.
1: You know, you, you're kind of seeing that right now um, with the Russian-Ukraine situation. You know, the self-centered leadership um, is becoming a big issue, and the whole world is rallying around it. But you know, you bring up a really good point, and in, in terms of being selfless, less selfless versus selfish. When you become selfish people don't wanna typically be around those people who are ego driven. I gotta take um, credit for everything. And if there's a response, if it's a problem, then it's their fault, not my fault. You know, a good leader gives credit to everybody else. And if there's a problem, then he takes the fall for that. So, you know, having the ability to admit admit a mistake and not blame other people is a tough tough, uh, leadership trait to develop. But it's really an an important piece on that because it shows the respect that you want to get from your employees. And again, they're going to want to follow you. He's a good guy. He does all the right things. He shows appreciation. He's given me the ability to do what I need to do. I'm part of a family. I'm part of a culture that continues to grow. And the key point in all this is really, you know, I have a couple of words, a saying that Really, who you hire is really, really important, because you want to hire for culture, and you train for skill. If you hire for somebody that's toxic to that organization, it brings everybody else down. So, you know, there's a balance, you got to really pay attention to all these things to help that culture get to where you want it to be.
0: Yeah, yep. Mark, it has been a pleasure. I note the time. I'm going to have to let you go here in a few minutes, but this has been a fascinating conversation. Before we wrap up today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it, John. It's always great to be with you. Uh, people want to learn more uh, about uh, what I do and, and the CEO roundtables and how effective they've been. They can go to Mark Lewis. LLC.com and you can learn a lot about some of the initiatives I'm involved. I've got a new startup I'm involved with. I wrote a, a book called give a damn, which is kind of my driver to help organizations get to that culture, give a damn to take it to cultural change. And I guess what, what I think most people, and, 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 and I, I say this, we didn't talk about this much, but if you can um, really hone in on being an empathetic leader and trying to do best for what you can do to help other people succeed, you will succeed. If you get that in reverse, if you start what's in it for me, then that's not the correct correct avenue to go down. What can I do to help other people succeed? And by doing that, it's gonna come around, it's gonna help you and your company succeed. I think that's an important point.
0: Absolutely. Mark. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Mark can do for you. Check out his book. Check out the many great resources, the CEO roundtables, all the great resources. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership